You're listening to a message from Gateway Church Geelong. We hope it blesses you. For more information about Gateway, visit gc.org.au. So as you know, we're coming around in our series of dreams and visions, and this is our first one today. Today, dreams and visions are a pathway for God's restored relationships. To have a dream, for God to give you a vision, it's for a purpose and it's a pathway for restored relationships in our lives with our families and in our lives with our friends around us. You know, recently, just in January, we were on holiday in Adelaide and we were driving around the beach and one of my son just starts telling me, Mum, I I had a dream last night. And straight away, me being me, I turned to him and said, is it a God dream or just a normal dream? And he's like, "I I think it's a God dream. And I said, oh, tell me. And all of us in the car were really attentive to him to hear what he was gonna say. And he said, I actually had a a dream about my brother and, you know, I saw a picture of my brother, but when I saw him, what I was seeing, it caused me such emotion that I felt really overwhelmed at what was taking place. And I felt really sad and I rushed in to to save him and, and get him out of that situation. But with what I was trying to do in my own strength, as I was trying to save him, he said, I heard a voice and it said to me, what you need to do is love your brother. You need to love your brother. It's all well and good to go in there striving and trying to save him from a situation. But what I want you to do is love your brother. And so in that moment in the car, He turned to his brother and he said, I love you so much. And you know, when a brother hears that for the first time, they're kind of like, this is awkward and shaking it off. And what are you doing right now? We're just on our way to the beach. And he says again, I love you, my brother. And I can see those words taking a hold of his sibling in that moment because it's the very words that his soul and his heart needed to hear. You see, when you have a dream from God this morning, it's for a purpose and it's for a pathway to restore relationships in our life. And there's some observations that I made from my son having this dream. You see, when you have a dream from God, you have to learn what to pick up and what to let go of. You see, in the natural, we, we wanna strive to save a person. But what God was saying, let go of the striving, let go of the struggling, let go of what you know how to do. And I want you to pick up the new with my word from you because when my words penetrate your brother's hearts, restoration will occur. We have to learn that we, when we get a word from God, we must recognise what to let go of. We have to let go of the way we saw that relationship. We have to learn how to let go of the hurt that's been incurred over time. And what we need to pick up is God's words and God's way of doing things and God's restoration. Because God has a pathway for restored relationships in our life. The other thing that I saw is that every time they wanted to react with each other in that situation, we often react with the old. We often react with what we know. But God was saying, I want you to shake off the way you react and I want to reset yourself so that you can respond to your brother. 
And it reminded me of that story of the donkey, the donkey that was thrown down the well. And this donkey felt so incredibly sorry for himself and everybody heard it wailing. And as it was sitting in the bottom of this old well, thinking about how can I get out? I'm, I'm trapped in this situation. I'm trapped here in this moment. Some dirt started to come down into the well because everybody used this well because it was old just to put their dirt into and fill it up. And the donkey thought, oh my goodness, what am I going to do now? And started wailing harder and wailing louder because it's just injury upon injury to the donkey in this moment. But then the donkey started to reset its thinking. It thought, you know, if I shake off the dirt that's coming off of me, and if I actually then stand on that dirt, Maybe I can make my way to the top. So every time dirt started to be put into that well, he changed his thinking and he started to shake off that dirt that was being put off of him. And instead of it landing on him, he started to stand on him to the point where he got to the top out of the well and he started to stand on solid ground. And that's what God wants to do with His words for us. He wants us to shake off the old so we can reset our thinking and stand on new ground because that's who God is. But you know, that's just a story in the natural What does the Bible say? Romans 8.26 Also the Spirit helps us. We are very weak, but the Spirit helps us with our weaknesses. We don't know how to pray as we should, but the Spirit Himself speaks to God for us. He begs God for us, speaking to Him with feelings too deep for words. You see, when we are in a pit, when we are experiencing weakness, it is God's truth that pulls us out and stands us on our feet and puts our lives on solid ground. And what we discover is that the dream God gave my son was to have a restored relationship with his sibling. What I also discovered is that you don't do it alone because God is with us. Father, I pray that as we come into this next series of dreams and visions, Father God, You would bring such understanding to our hearts and our minds, the purpose of why that You give us visions and dreams. Father, that You want to speak purpose into our lives. You want to speak direction into our lives so that the outcome is restored relationship, not only just with You, but with ourselves and those around us, Lord. So as we pray, let Your Word come with truth, Father. Father, reveal understanding to us in Jesus' Name we pray. We're so thankful for Your Word. We are so thankful for the treasures of Your words. In Jesus' Name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, for all of us, we dream. We all see. Aren't you glad? We all have vision. And the question is today is what is a dream? A dream includes images, thoughts and Emotions experienced while we're asleep. 
And there are many unknowns about dreaming and sleep. But what scientists do know is that just about everyone dreams every time they sleep for a total of around two hours per night, whether they remember upon waking or not. But that's what science says. What does the Bible say about dreams and visions? Acts 2.17, God says, In the last days, I will pour out my Spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters, they shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions and your old men will dream dreams. Dreams from God are for purpose. Dreams bring God's vision to your life. And many of us will dream, but how do we know that it's a dream from God and not just too much sugar. When you have a dream from God, when God gives you a dream, you need to understand there will be an outpouring of His Spirit upon your life and it will come to pass what He says to you. And there's many people that have had dreams in the Bible, but did you know from the Old Testament to the New Testament, there was only 13 dreams in the Bible and even less visions. So when God gives you a dream, it's remarkable. It's amazing that God is speaking to you in this way. And for Joseph and Mary in the Bible, dreams became so valuable from God because the dreams that Joseph received from God protected Jesus as a baby. God gave Joseph and Mary and their family an outpouring of His Spirit that protected their whole family. An angel tells Joseph in a dream not to divorce Mary and said, your child, the child that she is carrying, he is the saviour of the world. An angel again in a dream then tells Joseph to escape before Herod comes to all the male babies and wipes them out. It's for protection. Then again, another dream, an angel tells Joseph to return to Israel with Jesus because King Herod has now passed on. These dreams that were all given were to protect the young Jesus Christ. Dreams are a way of God communicating to you and leading you. And what the enemy means for harm, just like for Joseph and Mary, God intervenes in your life with an outpouring of His Spirit and God will turn it around for the good, but the salvation of many. And you may ask what it means. What does it mean to have an outpouring of His Spirit? Well, you are already experiencing an outpouring of His Spirit. When salvation came into your heart and you freely received Jesus into your life, you experienced an outpouring of His Spirit. You are already receiving Him. When you hear the Word of God, you are receiving an outpouring of His Spirit. It's an outpouring of His truth and His love and His revelation. And these are testimonies we can stand upon today. And what I've realised in between the dream and the outcome in the middle is always interpretation. How do we know what our dreams mean? What are the steps and what is the path that we can follow so that we can reach the outcome that God is intending for our lives? 
And we see this very question answered in the life and the story of Joseph. Two men that he encounters have no idea what their dreams that they have dreamed mean. And they talk to Joseph about this. In Genesis 48, it says, we both had dreams, Joseph, but but there is no one to interpret them. We don't understand what all these dreams mean. And then Joseph said to them, do not interpretations belong to God? Tell me your dreams. You see, our dreams will be explained by God Himself. And as we respond to what He is saying to us, He is faithful to outwork them. And here's the thing that you already do well this morning. You hear from God. That's why you responded to Him to come into your life. When you received salvation, you heard the Spirit of God calling you. So don't ever negate that you don't think that you hear from God. You hear from God. That's why you're here today because you heard the Spirit calling you into relationship with Him. You hear from God this morning and you can have confidence that you are on the pathway to continually hearing from God. God sent Joseph's dreams and we see this same responsiveness to God in the life of Joseph. God sent Joseph dreams and those dreams came to pass. And God then guided Joseph to restore relationships. So we're going to look at the life of Joseph this morning because God's Spirit is shown to be pouring forth on both his life and an entire nation. Genesis 37, 5 to 8. Joseph and his brothers. Joseph had a dream. And when he told it to his brothers, they hated him even more. And he said, listen to this dream I had. And he's so excited. He's 17 years of age. And we were all out in the field gathering bundles of wheat. And all of a sudden, my bundle, it stood straight up. But your bundles, my brothers, they stood and circled all around me and bowed down to mine. And his brother said, so you're going to rule us? You're going to boss us around? And they hated him more than ever because of his dreams and the way he talked. If that was my younger brother, I would have pummeled him already. You see, Joseph was 17. These were his older brothers and they were also his half-brothers. And Joseph, instructed by his father, was the one to bring bad reports of his brothers back to them as he was asked to do this. And to add insult to injury, Israel, their father, loved Joseph more than any of his other sons because he was the child of his old age. And so his father made him an elaborately embroidered coat. And when his brothers realised that their father loved him more than them, they grew to hate him that they wouldn't even speak to Joseph. You see, I think the brothers were reacting to Joseph exactly how they'd been conditioned to think. Our behaviour will always be the extension. Our behaviour will always be the action of how we think. And for Joseph, they didn't even talk to him. What's to interpret anything other than rejection, but no understanding of how it even got to this? You see, the enemy of interpretation is misinterpretation. 
And misinterpretation is a wrong understanding that's been formed in somebody's mind. And whether intentional or not, there was favouritism that caused isolation in his brother's hearts. And they were set up, conditioned to see it this way. The lens that we look through will determine our vision of the way we see it. And the question we all need to ask ourselves is, what lens are we looking through? When we look at relationships, when we look at family, when we look at situations in our life, what lens is it that we are looking through? Because if we allow Jesus to heal or correct any wrong understanding, we will in fact align ourselves with the way God sees and we will look through the lens with Jesus. Because Jesus is truth. And the Bible says that if you know truth, which you do, it will set you free. Reactions turn to responses when you have the truth of God's Word. Misunderstanding turns to understanding when you have the truth of God's Word. Jesus is the pathway to restoring relationships. John 8.32 says it so beautifully. Jesus, He says to us, If you stick with this, living out what I tell you, you are my disciples for sure. Then you will experience for yourselves the truth and the truth will free you because the lens I choose to look through will determine what I see. But the lens in this family, in Joseph's family, was the lens of grief. They weren't experiencing family as God intended. Israel, Joseph's father, said to him, Joseph, I want you to go and see how your brothers and the flocks are doing and bring me back a report. And as Joseph was going to collect this report to his father, to his, for his father, a man met him as he was wandering through the fields and asked him, Joseph, what are you looking for? Randomly, Coming into his midst, into this moment, this man that he didn't know, Joseph, what are you looking for? And in our relationships right now, I think the question that we all have to ask ourselves is what are we looking for? What is it that we are looking for in our relationships? What is it that we're looking for in our friendships today? Can we define what we're looking for with God's truth? Genesis 37 verse 16, Joseph said to the man, I'm trying to find my brothers. Do you have any idea where they are grazing their flocks? You know, this very statement, I'm trying to find my brothers, becomes his life journey in restoring relationships in his family. You see, Joseph wanted a relationship too. His lens was one of rejection that pushed him to isolation. And it was out of balance for him too. And his words so much, I'm trying, I'm looking for my brothers. Genesis 37 verse 18, as he comes closer to his brothers that he can't see yet, they spotted him off in the distance. And by the time he got to them, they had cooked up a plot to kill him. And the brothers were saying, here comes that dreamer. Let's kill him and throw him into one of these old systems. And we can say that a vicious animal ate him up and we'll see what his dreams amount to. What happens when we're doing 
what our Heavenly Father asks. But someone else's misinterpretation of the truth causes them to respond negatively against you. Leaving you feeling captivity-like and in a place you didn't choose to be. And I've got a story here, sifted and sorted, brought into the right order. I was sitting with my brother and sister talking about this very question. What do we do when our Heavenly Father asks us to do something, but somebody else's misinterpretation of the truth causes them to respond negatively against you, leaving you feel like you're in a place you didn't choose to be? And as I was sitting with my brother and sister just talking at the kitchen table, hurt and cured at the hand of someone else. This is what we were talking about. And as I was talking, my brother listened, my older brother, with great sensitivity. And once I had finished about hurt and cured at the hand of someone else, he then started talking to me and leading me through a path of questions. And let me tell you, these questions were so confrontational, I didn't quite know what to do with them all in that moment. Questions like, can you just leave it in the past? Questions like, can you just let that hurt go? Questions like, do they still have power over you today? And as my brother was asking me questions now, it was my turn to listen with sensitivity, to listen from my heart. And when he finished, I just sat there. And what I started to do in that moment of sitting there is I just started to sift and sort through all those questions that he asked me. And as I was sifting through all those questions, by the time I finished answering those questions, this is what it felt like and this is what I saw. I felt like there was all these bunches of pieces of paper of all my thoughts about the hurt that I incurred by somebody else. Pieces of paper that were spread out and out of order and full of disorder. But with Jesus, as I started to go through these list of questions and I started to answer them with Him there, right there next to me, what I saw is that all these papers that were out of order that were all out of sifted and weren't sorted, started to come back into order. It seems like all my feelings were getting made into the right order and I talked with truth, I talked with Jesus. And after answering all these questions, what I received is clarity. And I felt God saying, if you stick with this, if you stick with me, when things feel like they're out of order, if you go through this process with me, living out what I tell you, you are my disciples for sure, then you will experience for yourselves the truth and the truth will set you free. Sifted and sorted and His love brought me into right order. And this is what happens with Joseph. You see, Joseph's brother's plan was to kill him. But instead, they decide to just sell him into slavery in Egypt where he ends up in prison. Talk about family failure. But God is with Joseph and he orchestrates Joseph's release from prison and Pharaoh ends up elevating Joseph to second in command over all of Egypt. 
And so Joseph saves the nation of Egypt during a famine. And he also ends up saving his brothers and his family from starving to death. And so once again, we see that the sin of his family is met with God's faithfulness who subverts even the evil of his brothers into an occasion to save many lives. And this is actually what Joseph says right near the end of the book. He says to his brothers, you all planned this for evil, but God planned it for good to save many lives. You see, Joseph allowed himself to be sifted and sorted, not by struggling and striving, but by following the path God had laid out for him. God brought it all into right order. And this was an outpouring of God's Spirit upon Joseph's lives. So what did restoration look like for Joseph and his brothers? We see this in Genesis 45, 1 to 8. When finally the famine had drew his brothers to Joseph and he was face to face with him, Joseph said, I couldn't hold in myself any longer. Keeping up a front before all his attendants, he cried out, leave, clear out, everyone leave. So there was no one with Joseph when he identified himself to his brothers. But his sobbing was so violent that the Egyptians couldn't help but hear him. And Joseph spoke to his brothers and said, I am Joseph. Is my father still really alive? But his brothers couldn't say a word. They were speechless. They couldn't believe what they were hearing and seeing. Come closer to me, Joseph said to his brothers. So they came closer. I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. But don't feel badly. Don't blame yourselves for selling me. God was behind it. God sent me here ahead of you to save lives. So you see, it wasn't you who sent me here, but it was God. You all planned this for evil, but God planned it for good to save many lives. He sent me in place as a father to Pharaoh, put me in charge of his personal affairs and made me ruler over all Egypt. And then Joseph threw himself on his brother Benjamin's neck and wept and Benjamin wept on his neck. He then kissed all his brothers and wept over them. Only then were his brothers able to talk with him. And the story was reported in Pharaoh's palace, Joseph's brothers have come home. This morning, God is your pathway to restoration. And Jeremiah 17 speaks these words, God, pick up the pieces. Put me back together again. You are my praise. And why is a pathway for restoration? Why is it so valuable? Why was this dream so relevant in Joseph's lives, but also our lives today? And I believe it's so valuable because God is a healing God and we need to receive His healing for those areas in our lives that have incurred hurt that was out of our control. You know, I had this dream on Monday night and I finished with this. I had this dream and I was walking through this train carriage and I was getting ready to speak and I was kind of getting my notebook together with my pen and as I looked down on my notebook, there were no words to speak. 
And as I'm coming through out of this train carriage, I see this youth camp that I'm about to speak out and I'm overwhelmed in this situation because I thought, God, I'm not prepared to speak. I haven't written down the words that I need to say right now. And then I thought about it and thought, I've just had four or five hours this afternoon where I could have prepared, but I didn't use my time wisely. And so as I come into this youth meeting, I see all these people sitting around and there's one person sitting over there in particular that I recognise straight away. But as I'm getting ready to speak, I'm scrambling and I'm trying to remember, it was this message that I'm preaching now and I'm trying to remember what it is that I'm going to say. So I write down a few things so I can hopefully jot my memory when I get up there. But really what I was hearing in that dream is, I'm not prepared. And so that was Monday night. And then during the week, uh, I had an invitation to go out to lunch on Wednesday with some friends and that would have been awesome. But in my spirit, I felt the Spirit of God telling me, I don't want you to go. I just want you to stay home. And I felt really strongly just to stay at home. And when I linked it to the dream, I kind of thought, well, maybe I need to be really prepared for today. Maybe I just need to spend time getting it right. And maybe so I won't be unprepared, but I'll be ready. And so I thought maybe that's the reason I'm staying home. But upon a conversation that morning with somebody, She said this question to me. She said, oh, do you experience anxiety? Do you have moments where you feel anxious? And when I thought, well, everybody feels anxious at times, but there are varying degrees on the spectrum to which people feel anxiety too. And I felt myself on the lower end of the spectrum, not thinking that I really had uh, anxiety that I was battling with. And so I almost disregarded that thought until this moment where I could feel the Spirit of God drawing me into His presence. And as I began to come into a time of worship for Him, it started to make sense as He interpreted the dream from Monday night to me in that moment. It started to make sense why I needed to stay home. It started to make sense why she asked me this question. And so I'm in that moment and He said to me, that person that was in your dream, There's a connection there to hurt that you incurred many years ago that you're still holding on to today. And so I'm in that moment and and I'm thinking, I'm not really, I'm not sure what it is because the thing about anxiety, the root of anxiety is fear. There was something about the way I thought about this situation that was still causing me fear in my life today. And this is what the Holy Spirit said to me. When is the place that you feel anxious at time? And then I said, oh, this is the place. It's it's sometimes my workspace on a Friday. And He said, I'm going to tell you why. You have a fear of making mistakes. In front of your co-workers, in front of your staff, you have a fear of making mistakes. You have a fear through these mistakes of maybe not measuring up in the way you're talking, maybe not measuring up in the way that your, your skills are going, maybe just not measuring up in the workplace because you've been out of the workplace so long. 
And there was this fear of making mistakes. And as soon as the Spirit of God said this into my heart, I knew it was right. And He said, the reason why that person was in your dream is because you incurred hurt from them. But I wanna tell you that that hurt was wrong and that hurt was not from me. And what the enemy meant for you for harm to disable you in your workplace... I'm going to turn it around for good because that's what healing does when you receive it from Him. And as I began to worship, He started to pick up all those old thoughts. He started to pick up all those hurts that were keeping me bound. He started to pick them all up and He started to get them off of me and He broke it. He broke fear of making mistakes off of me. And I started to dance in my lounge room. And I can do that because nobody was watching. No one's seeing that. It's totally free. A dream is for purpose. A dream from God comes with an outpouring of His Spirit. And it brings you on a pathway to restored relationships. Father, we just pray in Jesus' name. The dreams that we have from You, the visions that You give us, they are for purpose. They are for protection. They are for restored relationships. And Father, we just thank You that You are such a healing God. This morning, can You follow His directions? Dreams always have an outpouring of His Spirit. Dreams and visions are a pathway to God's restoration for your life. And as we come to Declaration Sunday, this is what I felt to say because this series is building a platform in us to receive what God has for this church in 2023. God has a dream for this church. He has a vision for this 15 acres and the five acres on the other side. He has a vision for your family. He has a vision for the family that's here in the house of God right now. And the enemy will want to come and cause harm to that vision and that dream and that plan God has for the city of Geelong. The enemy wants to bring famine. The enemy wants to bring accusation to break down God's people. But what the enemy means for harm, God is is faithful and will turn it around for good to save many, many lives. And we can choose to follow Him, to look through His lens of truth, to receive restoration. And we can walk in His freedom if we choose to look through the lens of Jesus Christ, who is truth. Why? So that we can be in the right position. We're meant to be when His dream for this church starts to unfold this year. He is faithful. And what God has planned for us this year is literally going to expand our mind. And God is preparing us through this series of dreams and visions, getting us prepared for Declaration Sunday, where God speaks vision to us for 2023. And this morning for all of us, what do you need to shake off? 
What do you need to let go of so that you can have your hands empty to receive the fullness of what God wants to put into your life and your family this year? Because God wants you to stand your ground with stability and the truth and the freedom of Jesus Christ for your life. And there is ground for us to take this year as a church and as a family. What do you need to shake off? What do you need to let go of? What steps do you need to take this year for you to take the ground that God has destined and dreamed and visioned for your life? And it's not by struggling or striving. Can you stand in this place this morning? What an amazing word from Pastor Naomi. And you know, whether you're here in this room or watching online, that God's heart is always for restored relationships. His heart is always for restoration. And you know, the most important relationship that He wants restoration is your relationship with Him. We heard in communion that He loved us so much that He sent Jesus to die on the cross so that you and I could be restored to relationship with Him. And if you're here in the room this morning or you're watching online, that is God's heart for you. But not just relationship for the sake of relationship, but so as Pastor Nay spoke, that you could experience the freedom that she has, that you can experience the healing that He brings, that you can experience strength, guidance for each and every day. And you know, this invitation to restore relationship begins with a prayer, a prayer of saying, I need you in my life, God. I want to be restored to right relationship with you. I turn from the way I used to live and I face you and say, I need you in my life, Jesus. So we as a church, we're going to pray that prayer together. And whether you're here in the room or watching online and you know you've been away from God, maybe you need to be restored to right relationship with God. Or maybe you've never prayed that prayer. Can I invite you to pray that prayer with us this morning? We'll pray together as a church. Dear Jesus, Thank You that You love me. Thank You that Your heart is for me to be in relationship with You. I ask You, Jesus, to come and lead me in my life, to come into my heart and show me how to live for You. Thank You that I'm restored to right relationship with You. Teach me your ways and show me how to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. We pray that that message was a blessing to you. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, first of all, congratulations. We think that that is incredible. And secondly, if you go to gc.org.au forward slash first steps, our team has put together some resources as well as there's some information there for how you can get in contact with one of our pastors because we'd love to encourage you and connect you into the life of the church.